Percy, I'm sure you've had people ask you this question. It's a deep question. Why does God allow cancer? Well, there are many possibilities and schools of thought to consider. We'll talk about some of them and give people some things to really wrestle with. But certainly a cancer diagnosis can shake the very foundations of our faith. On today's podcast, we will explore the crossroads of faith and cancer to find the bedrock of truth and hopefully answer that question. So stay with us. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And Percy, you uh, you shy away from the tough questions, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom used to tell me, she said, you like to do it the hard way, don't you? But this is a real, real legitimate question that I believe most, if not many, and all cancer patients go through, and certainly people standing around them of the question, why? Yeah, I wonder if we don't verbalize it sometimes. At least we're thinking it, right? We're certainly thinking it, and I think it's fair to, to have an open discussion about it. Because one of the things, Wayne, that I think that we're concerned about particularly from a spiritual perspective, is uh, are we going to ruffle God's feathers by Mm. asking questions? I don't believe that God's feathers are ruffled by us asking questions. And so certainly with that being said, we should be given liberty and give others liberty to have some of those deep conversations. And this is certainly one of them. Yeah, asking tough questions doesn't show a lack of faith. Many times it can show the faith we do have in God. Absolutely. We're just trying to, you know, we're trying to get our bearings about us and and get get ourselves on a solid footing. And we may or may not be able to answer that question specifically, but it's helping us to process through that which we are endeavoring to go through and to work through. So we're going to talk about this issue today and search for meaning. Why does God allow cancer? And answer the question, why me? We'll get to that in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We do have a resource that we want to put into your hands. It's called At the Crossroad of Faith and Cancer. It contains much of what we'll talk about here today. So take advantage of that resource, which you can download right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And one more thing, uh, Percy, as we go through the uh, conversation today and answer some very tough questions, I want our listeners to be thinking of this question and how you would answer it. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? If you'd like to respond to that question, we've set it up so you can respond quickly and easily at hhiquestions.com. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey. We've talked to many people here in the program who've talked about that. Absolutely. And in many cases, they certainly have been challenged, either as a caregiver or as one who is walking that journey directly. So we would love to hear your feedback and thoughts with regard to what and how you were challenged during your faith or with your faith during your cancer journey. Send us a sentence or send us a paragraph. We'd love to hear from you at hhiquestions.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. 
Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, the question often is, why me? Before we do anything else, though, and talk about that, let's uh, let's turn to the scriptures and what the, what the Bible has to say. Well, as a foundation to give us a framework to work with for the search for meaning, because that's really what we're dealing with here with today's discussion, is trying to get the meaning behind a cancer diagnosis or journey is found in Psalms 18.2, and it basically tells us that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Boy, that's confidence, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it sounds firm. That sounds very uh, uh, something that's a structure that's solid. So when we talk about uh, bedrock and a foundation and all of those good things, we're talking about uh, the Lord of hosts today, obviously. Yeah, we do uh, reach a point in life, and very often a medical crisis can bring that uh, about very quickly, yes. where we ask some of the tough questions. And certainly this question, why does God allow cancer or suffering, is one that we must confront. We do. And again, confronting those realities and confronting this reality and yours truly uh, has been one of those people now who can stand and say on some level having to process that becomes really an important and a crucial factor. Uh, This can be a crossroad of one's faith in cancer. Why me? Is is it common to ask that question? Many do. Many have uh, when faced with great difficulties. Second Corinthians may give us a little insight to help us kind of unpack this a little bit. All right. And uh, starting in verse 12, verse 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. This is the apostle, the great apostle Paul. Uh, I don't know about a whole lot of people, but I believe the apostle Paul was a man of faith and power. No doubt about it. He demonstrated it it over and over again. He did. Got bitten by a snake, et cetera, et cetera. And he said this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. Why, Paul? He said, because when I am weak, then am I strong. I believe that Paul is suggesting to us that the, the, the mental makeup of human beings outside of the concept of God is that when we're strong, we're strong. When we're strong, we're stronger. <laughs> but what Paul is saying here, that we rest, he rests in the fact that when he is weak, then the power of God rests upon him. Yes. And so God's grace then becomes sufficient. What is God's grace? We talk about it often. Grace is God's unmerited favor, stuff that we get that we don't deserve to have from God. So Paul is saying, listen, when I'm weak, when, I'm, when I've exhausted all that I have and all that I can do it within my own strength, that's when the the power of Christ rests upon me. That's when I get to experience the power of God. I don't have any more resources. My back is up against the wall. And in many cases, that's what many uh, cancer patients and their caregivers get. At the crossroad, Paul chose to no longer wonder why bad things happened. Instead, he saw everything as a mechanism of God's grace and power at work in his life. Yeah, we we cruise through life, especially when our health is good mm. and everything's rosy. You know, we just we think we're so strong. Yeah, we do. And uh, we need to understand that uh, it's in weakness that he receives the glory. Well, it is one of the one of the interesting concepts about humility and and what what is really humility. Godly humility is acknowledging that 
in and of myself, I can do nothing. But in God, through Christ, in Christ, I can do all things. So like Paul, we can choose to trust God at the crossroad and let his grace shine through our lives more brightly when we relinquish being the strength of our situation. It is not because of me or of me that I can do anything within myself, but it is because of the power of Christ that rests through me. Isn't it a picture of this verse when you see somebody who's strong, you know, and and big in life, Mm. and suddenly they're brought to their knees with this question, why me? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of the pictorial and the visual of Samson. You know, Samson was brought to his knees He had his eyes poked out and, you know, gouged out. And the power of God rested back upon him when he was at his weakest moment that God used him and the power of God worked through him. So, you know, it helps us to to a certain degree to deal with this question. Why do we suffer? Uh, Why is suffering in some cases necessary? And many people ask, how how does a good God uh, cause suffering in the world. And it's, and this question becomes particularly uh, poignant when we are the one who is in the midst of that suffering. So John 10.10 10 also gives us a sense of what's going on with that dynamic. Okay. And, you know, it tells us that the thief, not God, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. So understanding that we do live in a hostile environment. That, you know, God is a good God, but we also are dealing with an adversary. We're dealing with someone that's opposed to the things of God. And if we are of the things of God who are opposed to us, quite frankly. And so we're dealing with the push and pull of the negative environment and the negative influences of the environment. And, of course, we're talking about uh, the counter opposite of who God is, and that is the great deceiver, the liar, the cheat, the thief, Satan himself, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we do have to contend with an enemy, and that's part of the dynamic of dealing with suffering Hmm. in this dispensation of life as we understand Mm -hmm. it. Now, you knew all these things and have known it for a long time. I mean, you are a strong believer. Your head has been in the Word. Mm. Your heart is wrapped around it. But then came your diagnosis, and you learned these things in a different way, didn't you? I did. I really did. It's interesting. Again, it sounds very bizarre, but I thank God every day, Wayne, for the last 24 years. It it has helped to prepare me. And most people, we've often said on the show, cancer patients do not have boot camp. They're not prepared. They're not, in many cases, they're caught completely unaware. Life is fine and rosy. Uh, And my life was fine and my life still is fine. But it was within the context of understanding and seeing day to day Mm -hmm. the the dynamic and the aspects of cancer and the effects of people mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically that unconsciously has been preparing me like a boot camp for when it was my turn. And so that's very, it's a very different dynamic than most people. Yeah. And all this is not to say there isn't emotion involved because the strongest believer, the person who has the most confidence going into something like this can still have an emotional reaction. Oh, absolutely. And again, there was a moment where I had to process that. I had to kind of stop and I basically had to silence the room for lack of a better term Mm. to actually wrap my head around. You had to have room. Yeah, this is right. So I needed some space. I just needed some space for a moment to actually digest, again, the dynamic of we're not talking about uh, Joe Smith or Susie Smith. We're talking about you, Percy. This is You're standing in that place now and then absorb the reality of, okay, this is me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, 
standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, <laughs> not my father, not my sister, not my brother. Not but, that person whose bedside I visited yesterday. Yeah, and I, I was able to walk away and go home and kiss my wife goodnight. Right. Now, for real, it's me. And so with that, yeah, you have to have a moment of clarity and then a moment of grounding. And however you absorb that and, and how that will work through your emotional process. I'm not a very emotional guy. I'm, I'm highly sensitive, but I'm not very emotional. And mm-hmm. there's a difference between mm-hmm. the two. I feel very deeply. I'm very passionate, but I, I internalize very deeply as well. And I needed space and a moment in time to simply allow that to be digested and to process that. Yeah, yeah. And then when I was able to do that, then I was able to circle back to well, remember this scenario, that situation, this example, this dynamic that I was able to rest upon. I've seen this movie a million times. How often have you watched a movie that you've seen many, many times over? <laughs> You're given the words of the dialogue uh-huh. along the way. That then became the dynamic for me as I started processing and progressing through my cancer journey. Well, I'm sorry what you've been through, but we are learning from your experience. You know that, right? And that's part of the point of the exercise. So again, let's get back to the why me question. Mm-hmm. So for me, the why me was because you know better, you know more, you've seen more, you've experienced more. And ultimately, then it became a very logical answer that I didn't spend a lot of time on. Why not me? Yeah. Based upon what I've seen, heard and experienced, I am a perfect candidate to be able to walk this path and then speak to that scenario and others around me. And just within the last week, I've had three people that I've had a conversation with directly in a different way because of the fact that they know that I am now an active cancer patient. How much more your message comes through and how much more is God glorified in your suffering? Well, one of the things that I told my wife, I was like, I don't know if I can take any more that the Lord can put on my plate in terms of volume. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in my weakness. So I delight in weaknesses, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. You want to share John 16, with us? So with that being said, uh, that scripture helps us to understand this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And that's really what we're talking about in this world. In this world, Wayne, not in the one to come, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Why? Because I, God, and Christ have overcome the world. Jesus basically told us and is telling us that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And while we are in this world, there will be trouble. There will be challenges. There will be hardships. Yes, even for Reverend Percy McRae, the cancer pastor. How did I get cancer? Hey, because I'm living in the world where there will be trouble, but we can have peace in the midst of it, and we can have victory in him or in Christ. Uh, In in response to that, I've always remembered my own wife's testimony a number of years ago when she had a very serious health crisis. Uh, people would, uh, you know, come to her and basically with the why me question, sure. say, aren't you asking why me? And her response was, why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm not exempt. No, we're, we're part of the human club like everyone else. We're part of the same. See, once we really wrap our arms around the fact that we're all members of this community called humanity, then we begin to hopefully start understanding very clearly that we're all interconnected one to another in ways that maybe we had not considered or thought of. So let's shift gears. The American Cancer Society, as an example, says that 
they have estimated that one out of three individuals potentially will be diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I've been telling people, think about the next time or the last time that you were in a group of more than three people in that environment and start doing the math yeah, pretty quickly sure, that yeah. gets close to you. So, again, we're not – it helps us hopefully not to feel like that that only happens to others or that's only happening to someone down the street. This is very close to all of us and potentially could be one of us at the end of the day. So why not me? This is a very helpful conversation, Percy, and I, I want to continue it in a moment. But I do want to, again, pose this question to our listeners. And it's not just a rhetorical question. We want a response yes. from those who listen and who listen faithfully to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. The question is, what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? And we've made it easy to respond. Mm, yeah. At the end of the day, when you answer, think about that. Give some thought to it and answer it. We don't want you to write us a war and peace, but we do want a response. <laughs> yeah. And you can send that to us at hhiquestions.com. hhiquestions.com. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey. We want to hear your thoughts and responses. And if we have time, we'll read some of those at some of our upcoming shows in the future. Yes, hhiquestions.com. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And that website is also the website you can go to to download our free resource we're offering to you this week at the Crossroad of Faith and Cancer. Really, it's the notes on this conversation, Percy, that we want to put into our listeners' hands. That is absolutely correct. And just some of the highlights will help us to understand uh, our true purpose. It'll help us to understand, um, help us to find our true priorities, different things that will be valuable in having that uh, conversation when you're dealing with at the crossroad of your faith and finding your true uh, sense of direction once you uh, are, are looking to look at what direction should I go in and what do I do under these circumstances. We're asking the difficult question today, why does God allow cancer? Why me? Why do we suffer? And we must look to the scriptures for the answer. We do. And so it, it helps to answer really the follow-up and final question of this discussion. If we know that there's going to be trouble in this world and we have to deal with that as human beings. What do we do? How do we handle that? Well, uncertainty and fear can make us feel like we are hopelessly adrift uh, at the mercy of cancer or our circumstance. But Psalms 18, 2, going back to our opening scripture, says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, and my stronghold. When we feel adrift and battered by the waves of life, there is no better place to go than to the rock, 
The crossroad of faith and cancer can push us to dig down to the very core of who we are, what we are, and where we are. And at the end of the day, we find ourselves back at the rock. Yeah, I'd like you to address this. Uh, We have to give people space. We have to be patient with people because the answer to this question is complicated. Yes. And it's not one that's just going to immediately come to mind. Even for a person of great faith, you're going to sometimes question things. So we have to give people space to wrestle with this. Well, we can't be flippant here. We can't be flippant, cavalier, or just kind of roll in there and just throw... Uh, a platitudes out that that very well may be true. People ultimately have to have uh, because because and the dynamic here is that people are very unique and different, and they process differently, and they process at a different uh, pace and rhythm and timing. And so, one of the key things uh, that is important here is to allow adequate space and time for people to unpack and process all that they're experiencing and thinking that then maybe those thoughts can settle. Actually, my sister taught me this thought many years ago. We need to kind of let that marinate a little bit. Mm. We need to let that sit. Let Mm -hmm. that just kind of sit and breathe. can't rush it. can't rush that. And we have to then allow that to kind of settle. And then we look at how to progress and move forward or help people unpack that from that point when when it's appropriate. And prayer is an important element here. Well, prayer always is an important element, obviously, because, again, what, let's let's break down what prayer is. Prayer is so we use that term so loosely. Prayer is just the ability to have a conversation with God, talking to God, an honest conversation, uh, honest conversation, and a and a and that allows a dialogue to take place. So then again, this is where the time component comes in. There may be some things that we may be throwing out to God, but we need to allow some time to hear back from God. And God speaks to us in unique ways, in different ways, and and, and through different scenarios and circumstances. So again. Again, we need to allow opportunity to have a conversation with God through what we call prayer, obviously. So we're talking about this crossroad of faith and cancer, and it's it's something we all face sooner or later. And again, I stated it earlier, it can push us to dig down to the very core of who we are, what we are, and what we can do. And ultimately, what that does is that um, it brings us to a place, hopefully, that there is good news that when we choose wisely, we can uh, and when we put our trust in the Lord, we have a rock. We have an anchor and loving God who will never leave us or forsake us, Mm. because we have to remind ourselves of that, that the point of this exercise, quite frankly, more than anything, is to bring us back to our core. It's to bring us back to our source. Ultimately, what God, in my opinion, Wayne, has done, he has set the universe up in such a way that all of our experiences and all of the things that we deal with is really to drive us back to him. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, what God wants is he wants reunion back with family. He wants us to come back to him. And so circumstances, situations, hardships, and challenges will ultimately, if we choose wisely, drive us back to the faith and to the feet of our loving God. And that's why the great song that was written by George Beverly Shea used to sing uh, uh, this hymn that basically said that in times like these, we need a Savior. Yes. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very, very sure your anchor holds and grips to the solid rock. In times like these, you need the Bible. In times like these, Oh, be not idle, be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, I have a Savior. 
In times like these, I have an anchor. I'm very sure, I'm very sure that my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very, very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, Wayne, when you are standing at the crossroads of faith and cancer, be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds Hmm. and grips the solid rock. Boy, how appropriate to uh, go back to that old hymn and think of it here in this context here today. And the other thing I'm grateful for is that our God is solid. He's a rock and he allows us to lament. You know, when, mm. when, when bad things happen, he's big enough to hear our complaint, mm. isn't he? Uh, again, the biggest cry, I tell people the biggest cry baby of the, of the Bible was King David. <laughs> uh, considered to be one of the fiercest warriors who had more blood on his hands, uh, defeating enemy after enemy after enemy. But if you catch David behind the scenes of every battle and every under circumstance, David is basically weeping and crying out to God, lamenting, using the word that you just threw out, literally crying out to God. And in many cases saying that he's not worthy, in many cases saying that he's weak and frail, and that he is just deploring God to continue to rest and be with him and upon him. And so you're exactly right. He is there to hear every cry. He's there to wipe every tear from our eye and every uh, bead of sweat from our forehead because that is the type of God that we serve, even in the midst of every situation and circumstance that we face. What has been the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? That's our question on the table today, and we sincerely want uh, to hear your response to that. We know we have many, many people listening to this podcast and with all kinds of experiences, and we'd just like to know. Let's share with each other, what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? You can submit your answer to the website hhiquestions.com, hhiquestions.com. According to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive that cancer Mm. diagnosis during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. Now, to address the issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. So if you are a pastor, a leader in your local church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. To join is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities, and you'll receive our informative monthly email newsletter. So how do you sign up? Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. This, Percy, can go a long way to helping a lot of people. Absolutely, and it will be of value and benefit, so please take advantage of this resource. Well, I know my own faith has been strengthened through this conversation Mm. here today, and I'm sure it has had that effect on many, many listeners. Let's go back and uh, touch on some of the highlights of what we've talked about. Well, certainly some of the things, and this also will be in the uh, downloadable research that we've made, resource that we've made available today, is the The intersection of faith and cancer can help us understand our true purpose. The intersection of faith and cancer can help us find our true priorities. As we continue to move forward, uh, it can help us find our true comfort. 
We can receive comfort from God's word, which is important. And again, we know it's a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our pathway. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we can receive comfort from God's people, from God's presence, and from God's uh, uh, unyielding strength and grace upon us because in our weaknesses, his strength is made strong on our behalf. So his strength and our weaknesses work on our best behalf. Ultimately, at the end of the day, this can serve us well when we are at the crossroad of faith and cancer. And once again, what we've talked about today, as Percy just said, is in a resource that we are offering to you to download from our website at the Crossroad of Faith and Cancer. You may want to go back over this yourself. Maybe something that was said today you know would be of help to someone you love and care for, and you'd like to download it and share it with them. Well, please take it and use it however God leads. You can download at the Crossroad of Faith and Cancer at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can go directly to that website to listen to this podcast anytime, explore the archive of past programs. You can subscribe to this podcast there from the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we shared some scripture today, but is there the one that we began with early in the program? You want to go back to that in Psalm? And again, we close with the scripture that we began with, and it's a very powerful scripture. Because when we get to the crossroad of faith and cancer, there's something that we're going to have to be standing upon and resting upon. And so Psalms 18 and 2 says this, The Lord, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold at the crossroad of cancer and faith or whatever uh, strenuous uh, situation in our faith, we stand today on the rock. That's it for this week's edition with Reverend Percy McCray of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, God bless. We'll see you next time. Bless you, my friend, and keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. You have been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.